Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by former Colgate women's hockey player and former UConn women's assistant head coach, who is currently a part of the new Seattle Kraken organization, Caitlin Parker. Uh, Caitlin, welcome to the podcast, and how's everything going? Thanks, Matt. I'm excited to be here. Things are going really well, and um, they're really busy right now, which is an exciting time. Well, that's good to hear. Now, how is everything going with yourself and what have you been up to recently since leaving UConn? Um, so just started working with the Seattle Kraken at the end of um, April, beginning of May timeframe, um, and trying to sort out and get ready to open our new training facility here in Seattle. Um, so things are really exciting getting to be a part of this organization and what's coming to fruition um, with all the hard work of everyone else part of it. Now talk about your role with the Seattle Kraken and what will you, what will you be doing uh, with that organization? Yeah, so I'm a player development coach um, for our youth association. So I am part of a team of three and we're working on organizing and creating um, an entire new youth association. So everywhere from learn to play one to when they first start playing hockey all the way up through 12U in this first year as well as some development series. So gonna be on the ice a lot and working with um, the youth of the area um, so super, super excited about that opportunity and um, to build something new and fresh and um, really, really use the the excitement around Seattle for the Kraken um, and, and build upon that. Now, how cool was it for yourself to not only work for an NHL team, but to work for one that's in your home state where you're from? Awesome. You know, when they talk about opportunities coming around, I never thought when I was a little kid growing up playing hockey in Bellingham that we'd have an NHL team. Obviously, our location very close to Vancouver. So I was a huge Canucks fan growing up. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal, to be honest with you. Um, so I just feel very fortunate and grateful that I get to be part of this. Um, and it's, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Now the Kraken's first home games, like very later during the season, I think they start off like on a two week road trip. Am I wrong about that? No. Yeah, you're right. So uh, they actually open in Vegas against the Golden Knights, which was, I think is going to be a super fun, fun game given the two expansion drafts and, and maybe that rivalry created. And then our home openers against Vancouver, which I think is a very anticipated game given, again, the location, how close the two teams are. And, and it's straight north and mm-hmm. south of each other down I-5, which is the big highway here. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. And how does the new arena look right now? I know it's still kind of under construction, but have you had the chance to look at it at all? Yeah, it's beautiful. They're doing such a fantastic job. And, and one of the things that I appreciate is no details left behind. So they are really, really looking into details and making it not only a great experience for fans, but really world class for our athletes that are going to go through there or artists and concerts and, and whatnot. So it, it's fantastic what they've done so far. Well, I'm a big Bruins fan, so treat Jeremy Lozon very well. I'm excited to be <laughs> with the Kraken uh, next year. Now, let's start off talking about the beginning of your hockey career. You are from uh, Bellingham, uh, Washington. Talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, so from Bellingham, which I'm from Seattle or where I'm at is about an hour and a half north. Um, started playing hockey. I played a lot of sports growing up. I think probably my parents put me in everything to get rid of some energy, but um, my neighbor played in the NHL and he had a daughter that was around my same age as well as a son. So more or less just to help with carpooling and whatnot. And, and we did learn to play hockey together and, and went from there. So that's how I first got exposed to hockey. And I'm very thankful that I did because the sport has given me a lot. And obviously I have a career in it now and, and it gave me a college education and more importantly, just the people that I've been able to, to meet through hockey. 
And before, um, I guess, who was your favorite player growing up? Was it your neighbor that played in the NHL or <laughs> a female athlete on the national team? Oh, gosh, no. It was uh, Trevor Linden, um, and that is the reason I wore number 16, actually. So uh, not many people probably know that name, but if you do know it, it probably will make a lot of sense if you know me as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know he played for the Canucks because I'm a big Bruins fan. So I remember seeing his uh, number retired in the rafters when they played the Canucks in the 2011 uh, Stanley Cup finals. But that's the only reason why I know him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is, was my favorite player growing up. Obviously that shifted now and um, huge Cami Granato fan. I think she paved a way for a lot of female athletes and someone to look up to and um, whatnot. But just given being so far out West and what we did know, um, Trevor Linden was the first and favorite. And as I grew and, and grew up and got more surrounded by some awesome, awesome female athletes, that changed. But that was the first one, yeah. And what's it like getting the chance to work with uh, Cammy Granado now? Oh, it's been great so far. Um, she's wonderful and uh, really looking forward to We have some exciting events planned. And um, just I think it's one of the, the greatest parts about the Kraken is just the inclusivity and, and what we're doing here in, in terms of, making sure more people are at the table and um, she's been great to work with so far. Now, before you played for Colgate, you played for Gilmore Academy. Just talk about your time there and how'd you get the opportunity to go to that school and just talk about how it prepared you for Colgate as well. Yeah. So I played for Gilmore my junior and senior year of high school. Uh, Awesome school. I think it totally prepared me for college. One, living away from home, you have to learn how to do your own laundry, which most people don't learn until they're, they're freshmen in college and, and whatnot. But more importantly, I think it just helped me time manage how it's like to be on the road. We played a lot of games. We traveled a lot. Um, living on your own, how to balance that with with a rigorous school schedule being um, at Gilmore. And so, yeah, it was, it was huge. It was such an impactful two years of my life. And truly, I don't think I would have gotten to where I got to without it. Um, and the people that I met at that school are lifelong friends, I'm happy to say, they're so influential. They helped me become who I am today. And um, my time at Gilmore was awesome. I would do it again in a heartbeat, which I think means it was the right choice for me. And as hard it was as it was to leave home at such a young age, I'm very thankful that I was able to go to Gilmore before Colgate. And, and I do think it just set me up to be successful in college. And not only from an athletic perspective, but also academic perspective um, and living on my own as well. But yeah, very thankful for Gilmore. And uh, opportunity came about uh, their assistant coach Natalie Zytek actually at the time saw me and another one of my my teammates playing in a tournament and um, came to check it out and it just was a perfect fit for what I was looking for if I were to leave home and the opportunities that it presented itself with. Now take me back to your recruitment process with Colgate what was that like for yourself what made you want to go to that school versus other ones you might have looked at? Um, yeah so Colgate was beautiful so I remember my official visit I came in, it was nighttime. And if you've ever been to Hamilton, New York or the campus, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it's sit, it's situated on a hill. So you drive into town and all of a sudden you look up and it was all these lights and it was kind of out of a movie. And it's just a gut feeling that you get when you go to the right campus for you. And I remember calling my mom that night and I'd been on campus maybe for two hours. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I want to go to this school. And she's like, okay, well give it the full 24 hours of your visit. And and make sure it's really and then you meet the team and the people and in the locker room and you just get this sense of family and I think that was one of the uh, really important things for me and being able to have an impact on a program and um yeah it was it was a gut feeling that you just know when you know and 
uh, very thankful that it worked out and, and that I got to spend four years of um, my life there. And, and again, the people you meet there and um, the classes you take and how it sets you up for really life was incredible. Very thankful. I think if I could do it all over again, I would. Um, and I, I believe I made the right choice um, for me to go to, to go to Colgate. Now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it kind of the speed of the game or was it the physicality part of the game since you're going against players that are a lot older than you were when you were a freshman? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, everything. Like, it's a different animal college hockey is. And, and now have coached college hockey for five years. It's only getting faster and stronger and players are more skilled and smarter. And, and I think as coaches, like, they're adapting to that skill and speed and, 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 and whatnot. But, yeah, it's, that's a huge adjustment, I think, for a lot of freshmen coming into the college game. Some people do it really quick. Some people take a long time, but um, you're right. And the age gap is probably the biggest age gap that in your hockey career up until that point that you'd have played against unless, you know, you're in that national pool. But um, yeah, it's a different animal for sure. I mean, just the the commitment one is a lot more and and what you're expected, like you're a division one hockey player and you're basically you know, you're a division one athlete. So that's the reason it's called student athlete. And um, there's a huge adjustment period. I think no matter what that is for people. Now, in your first year at Colgate, you lost to Cornell in the ECAC playoffs. So what'd you take away Matt, from that? You had to bring that up, hey? Like <laughs> you just had to bring that memory up. Uh, yeah, the freshman year, I think one, it was a huge, huge moment for our team. Um, being on the cusp of making playoffs, not making playoffs. And that excitement that we we made it was awesome. Um, and Cornell at the time and still, you know, great, phenomenal team, really well-coached team, um, had some huge players that we were playing against. And so I think just playing them and going into their rink, we were prepared. We were excited about the opportunity that we had. Um, heartbreaking, obviously, to lose. But at the same time, you learn a lot from losses and and being able to reflect on that and and how we would change things was huge. Um, and for our team, a younger team, I think we needed that in a way. And it's easier to say that now, maybe from my seat being five years removed, but, um, or nine years removed, if you go back to freshman year, but, um, at the time it, it wasn't fun at all. That's for sure. Cause you feel so close and then you're like, man, we're so far away. Now heading into your junior year, you were named captain of the team. Uh, what type of leadership did you want to bring? Were you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player? Oh gosh, uh, definitely lead by example. I think for me, the biggest piece of that is relationships mattered and, and everyone in our locker room held, like, hold it, held value. Um, and that was important to be able to express that because you know, you've got goal scorers, you've got players that are D and, and goaltenders and there's just a huge uh, like collection of people. And how do we, we make everyone feel part of the team and definitely team first. It's a family, like your second family away from your your hometown and um, that was really important to me is those connections pieces and not only from me to a teammate but also between our locker rooms because if everyone's truly pulling on the rope in a single direction amazing things can happen so just trying to sort that out and and figure out the best way to do that and and I think it's a learning experience when you're you're a leader and and you're going to try and trial by error right you try some things oh that didn't work so good and you try something else but the biggest thing is if you let your teammates know you care about them and it's genuine it's not fake or forced I think then you're going to get the best out of people and just truly I mean everyone matters everyone brings value to the table and and showing them that I think sometimes we don't do that enough and 
And hopefully I did that and, and was able to, you know, make impacts on people because those people made impacts on me. So trying to return the favor in that manner. Now, during your final year at Colgate Hockey, your team improved drastically, going from seven wins your junior year to 22 wins in your senior year. Uh, what did your team do to make such improvements uh, heading into your senior year? Oh, gosh, uh, a lot. We had a really hard uh, postseason, I think, that year going into it. There was a different level of, okay, yeah, like this is what we want to do. And, and not to mention that freshman class that came in that year were extremely talented. Um, and they helped push that boundary. And and I think, too, the sophomore class had a year under their belts and, and knew what it was, and that adjustment period was over. And um, and you combine that with kind of a new set of direction of, like, yep, this is where we're at. This is what we want to achieve, and let's go after it and get after it. And, and I think we were able to do that. And um, it's nice when it all comes together like that. Sometimes it takes a couple of years, and, and it's fun looking back now of, you know, you're a part of it for a bit, and then you look back and what they've been able to accomplish since I left Colgate even cooler um you feel a little bit like you you had a role into it obviously new faces and and new staff members in some senses but um just to watch them grow and that program grow has has been awesome and i think they've done a phenomenal job doing that so i feel proud to be an alumni and um, have played a little bit of part within that growth of the program and and know that they're going to continue to push and, and continue to to build and be be a powerhouse and and hopefully they can keep that up because it's a fun place and um, I know a lot of alumni are proud of what they're accomplishing. I know I kind of unlocked a bad memory talking about the Cornell playoffs here <laughs> but I want to unlock a good memory about when you played Harvard in the playoffs that in your senior year. Uh, what was that like uh, winning your first ever ECAC playoff series and just talk about that overtime win and what emotions were you feeling after that? Oh gosh, flood of emotions. I think it's, it's fun when it finally happens. Right. And, and for us, my class, it was freshman year was such a heartbreak into now you're on the other side of that emotion spectrum. And, and it was incredible and, and just so much fun. It was kind of like, man, we did it. Like it finally paid off. And I'll never forget that that overtime felt like the longest and, and Shay Lavi scoring the big goal against Harvard and, and, you know, Harvard was a great team that year and, and before that. And so beating them, I think was a huge hurdle for our team and, and it really instilled belief of like, yes, we're meant to be here. We can do it. We're a good hockey team. Um, and, and we made it work. And, and it finally came. I mean, obviously, if it happens in regulation, you know, it's not as, uh, as crazy. But again, when you do it in overtime, it's just awesome emotions and just so happy for the group. And um, to be part of that was something super special. Now, what do you take away from your time at Colgate uh, when you look back on it now? Ah, so much. There's so much. I don't think our podcast is long enough to talk about it, but um, definitely for me, the people. Uh, I think they have all had a huge impact in my life. Many of them probably don't even realize it, but uh, just very fortunate. It set me up for success, I think, in regular life and and what we do, but uh, just very grateful for all the people that, that I got to play with or meet or interact with. And um, it's a cool school because it's small. So you get to know people really well, whether they're in your classes or other teams and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, just so grateful for, for all the teammates and people and that have come into my life because of that school. Now, uh, what made you want to get into coaching after your playing career ended with uh, Colgate? Yeah, great question. Um, just something that, you know, I felt was always missing from what I was doing in a daily life after graduation. And, and just very thankful again that I have um, outstanding people in my corner that allowed me the opportunity and 
um, for Bob Keneally to give me that opportunity as well as fresh out of the gate, really. And um, it was awesome. It was such a cool opportunity to get into college coaching. I learned a ton that first year. Um, if you would have asked me, I think you're a little naive when you first get into it and you're like, wow, I know a lot and I know a lot less than I thought I knew. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was great opportunity and uh, just very thankful that I got given that at such a young age and, and was able to make a career out of it. And again, um, unique opportunity to coach in the same league that I just graduated from coach against people I'd played with or against. And, and I think that helped with my pre-scout against Colgate for sure. Knew the ins and outs a little bit, but um, yeah. Now talk about your time coaching at UConn and what was that like for yourself uh, going into kind of a new conference and coaching and, and coaching against people that you've never really met before? Yeah, I think at that point, so I coached for two years at Brown and you just start to know kind of the recruits that are coming through the pipeline, um, how UConn plays. We played them in uh, non-conference when I was coaching at Brown. So, you know, the style of play that they're, they're coaching and um, very, again, grateful to have that opportunity and new league, awesome league. And to be able to, to coach in Hockey East is, is great. And, and you look at the Hockey East and, and the teams that are in it, there's some really, really phenomenal hockey teams. So being able to coach against that, you learn a lot there. And then working for Chris McKenzie and with, with for Chris McKenzie and, and Casey Handrahan, just awesome mentors and friends. I'm, I'm really, really glad I get to call them that now. And um, I learned even more than in those three years. And, um, you know, UConn's a special place in the sense that one of the best teams that have gone through that school is a women's team. So that platform and, and being able to learn from Gino and what they've done um, is phenomenal. And I think it's, it's a school that values women's sports, which is really cool to be a part of. Yeah, and the hockey programs are very much growing. Obviously, the new yeah. building is being built as well. What's it kind of like being part of that new hockey culture that's being built at UConn uh, with the women's team, like you mentioned, but also with the men's team as well, since they finally got into hockey East, uh, like a couple of years ago, it feels like now, even though it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fun. I mean, I think our two staffs had good camaraderie together, and which helped us, and we share practice facility or our game facility, but they practice there, and, and that just helped. They I mean, you interact with the same people every single day. You get to know each other ins and outs. And um, I think the new rink is going to be so crucial to recruiting, not only, but um, also just starting to build something special and what's already been built upon. Um, and there's a lot of progress to be made. And, and I just, I think it was time that they needed a new rink. And it really shows that UConn's committed to hockey, whether that's the women's team or the men's team. And and knowing the staffs, they're going to do a phenomenal job to recruit to that, but also really make it worthwhile. And, and I'm excited to see what that new rink looks like because I saw some of the plans beforehand and it's going to be beautiful. One of the best probably that's being built. And um, I think it's going to put UConn hockey on the map even more so than it already is because I think it's done, we've done a good job. And I'd like to say we've done a good job of some of the things that, you know, our women's team was able to accomplish. Um, but this is definitely going to be a game changer for the programs. Yeah, I'm very excited to visit that new facility once it's built. But one thing I love about the UConn women's hockey team is just the player development that happens uh, throughout the players' freshman to their senior year. And there's so many great underrated players that were on the team you just coached. Uh, players to name are Danica Pascua and Cameron Wong, who really have developed into great players. Uh, what's it like coaching those players? And just talk about the development that they've had since their freshman year to now going into their senior year. Oh, they're the best. Um, I think sometimes 
you know, you need really great people. And, and if they're bought in, which our team, very thankful that they were, it's, that's the easy part. If you have someone that's bought in and, and willing to do what it takes to win and, and be successful, you can make really good hockey players, but not only that phenomenal human beings that they are, and, and they truly cared about our team. So I think from my seat, I was lucky to coach them and um, just wanted to give them the best experience and, and whatnot. But it's one of the things that, that Mac and Casey have done such a great job of building. And, and I was lucky to be part of that for a small bit, but building great people, first and foremost, like our recruiting, we wanted to recruit great people, but, but then also on top of that, just how do we continue to develop them? Once they get here our freshman year, they should get better by the time they leave us senior year and, and being mindful of that. And, and that was something that we took pride in. And, and I like to think that we did a good job of doing that. And those are just two examples, definitely with Danica and Cam that I think they've done a good job of, of really buying into what we're teaching and, and using it to their benefit. Mm-hmm. And one th- uh, during your time in Connecticut, your team accomplished a lot of things, including a big, up, big upset against Boston College in the playoffs uh, last season. What's the proudest accomplishment from your time at UConn? Uh, that's a hard one. I think um, the proudest accomplishment of my time at UConn, I mean, there's a lot of little things there. Uh, I don't know. I love my time at UConn. I loved it. I would do it again. I miss it a lot. Um, it was incredible. It was so much fun. Um, coming to the rink every single day was awesome. Um, but the, the best memory, ah, that's a hard one. I think definitely probably beating Boston College. We played them, what was that, two years ago? So my second year, and we took them to the three game and, and beating them, that was a ton of fun. And then this past year, I mean, COVID was an interesting year and, and handling that and um, how our team handled that adversity, I think was awesome to be part of. And, um, and then beating them again in, in that playoff series was a lot of fun as well. So um, yeah, I, for me though, I think the best memory from, from my time at UConn is just the people again and being able to coach phenomenal athletes, but also phenomenal human beings and, and hopefully leaving a little impact on their life as they left online. Now, one thing about college that you got to experience was how you balance both the academic and hockey side. How do you try to help the players uh, when you're coaching them balance both academics and hockey? Because that's like kind of a tough adjustment, especially when you're a freshman. Yeah, totally. I think just providing them the resources or at least directing them to the resources that they have. And a lot of times your first year in college, you don't understand fully how much support you have and, and trying to just make sure that all our players are supported, not only from a hockey perspective with our coaching staff, um, but also to make sure that their academics were taken care of as well and, and making sure that they were on task and, and getting what they needed to get done. Because in order to be successful on the ice, you have to be successful in the classroom. Now, you also got to coach one of the best uh, hockey East players in Natalie Snodgrass. What was it like uh, coaching her from her time at UConn and just talk about how great of a hockey player she is? Uh, Natalie's phenomenal. Um, it was a lot of fun coaching her and um she is one of those special players that you get to coach and look back and coach. And wow, I feel lucky that I got to coach her and um, just her ability to want the puck. She's a clutch hockey player. Like there's not many people that want the puck on their stick in an overtime situation. And, and she did. And, and I think that's something that should be celebrated. Um, but yeah, she is a great hockey player, but I would even say a fantastic leader. And, and we saw that on display this year with COVID and, and everything she had to deal with. I mean, that's not an easy spot to be in for sure. Um, but yeah, just, she's going to go down. I think not only is one of UConn greats, 
but probably is one of women's college hockey greats, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Now, what will you take away from your coaching experience at UConn and how are you going to use it uh, with your time now uh, with the Kraken? Um, yeah, I learned a lot, I think, and, and just trying to use what I learned every day in those five years of coaching college hockey and bring it to development here in the Pacific Northwest. It's a unique opportunity to sit in the seat that I sit in now and um, to be able to know what I know about pathway and how that can lead and, and the development that it goes in, even like you talked about in the four years from freshman to senior year. But now, like, imagine we're talking about someone that just starts hockey at age four or five to when they leave us at, you know, age 18. That's a lot more years that you have to develop. And, and how can we do that not only in a creative way, but also a fun way that makes it the rink the best place to come to for these families and, and the players. So um, just excited to learn more on this side of things and continuously grow as a person and um, as a coach. I think very, very lucky to be working with um, Martin Holinka as well as David Min on our hockey team and Chad Goodwin on our skating side and um, going to hopefully – build something super special for families and players here in the Pacific Northwest and grow hockey. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun and exciting and, and using some girls, maybe some, some different lingos and terms and, and really just trying to teach and educate um, the hockey community here even more so than they already are. Now, my final question to you is that I have a lot of younger players who listen to this podcast. So my question to you is from as a coach perspective is what advice would you give those younger players on how to try to pursue a division one college hockey career and how to get noticed by coaches? Yeah. um, Well, that's a tough one. There's a lot of pieces of advice, but I'd say never take a single day for granted. Um, A lot of times you think you have more time than you do. Um, but use it to better yourself in some way or another. And that doesn't mean always from an athletic perspective, but maybe it's listening to a podcast or reading a book that helps your mental game grow. And um, maybe it's taking a break because that's what you need to do for your body. But um, yeah, never take a day for granted. And then also just relationships matter. Keep building upon them. Don't get so narrow focused that you forget about the people that help get you there. Um, Because when you look back on your time, whether that's coaching or playing, it takes an army to get you there. So be thankful for those people too. Now, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give uh, before the interview ends to any of your former candidates <laughs> or uh, players at UConn maybe that might be listening to this, I guess? Oh gosh, um, definitely the whole UConn, our team there for the past three years, that big, big shout out there, uh, the staff there. So Meg Berry, Chris McKenzie, Casey Handrahan, um, and then all my college teammates. So the Colgate people, I know you've had a few of them on. Um, but huge shout out, especially to my classmates, uh, Ashlyn Rando and Nicole Gass. Without them, probably would have made it through my four years with them. But uh, they're phenomenal people and, and very grateful to have them in my life again. But yeah, shout out to all the, the Colgate Raiders out there as well as the UConn Huskies. Yeah, and shout out to Brianne Wilson-Bennett as well, who just got hired as the new Union Women's Hockey Assistant Head Coach. I thought that was a great announcement to hear. Yeah, BWB, um, I'm excited to watch her career. She's going to have a phenomenal one. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on the podcast. It really means a lot to me. I wish you all the best uh, with Seattle for this upcoming season. I know you're going to do a great job. It was an honor interviewing today, and I wish you all the best. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate the time, and, and thanks for having me on. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye.